Hey everyone, welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. What I want to do is share verses 46 to 48, and then we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit and read verses 57 to 62. And then let's spend just a few minutes today thinking about the fact that in the kingdom of God, second is actually greatest. So if you would, hear the word of the Lord. Then his disciples began arguing about which of them was the greatest. But Jesus knew their thoughts, so he brought a little child to his side. Then he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. And then to verse 57. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So one of the ways that we have to talk about sin and not, not just the act of sin, which is missing the mark, disobeying God's law, rebelling against God, but not, not just the act, but one of the ways that we, we have to talk about the state of sin, because sin is not just an act, it is also a, a sort of a state of, of being. And uh, one of the ways that we have to talk about that state is a curving in on ourselves. It is to curve, be curved in on the self. So the tempter, as we read in, in Genesis, the tempter, he, he tempts Adam and Eve in this way. He says, you won't die if you eat from the fruit of this tree like God said. As a matter of fact, what will happen is that you will be like God. So instead of a life that is lived, turned toward God, turn toward God in praise and dependence and love and with a desire to reflect God's glory, the image of God in which we are created, we look to ourselves. We look to serve ourselves, to glorify ourselves, to satisfy ourselves with the things of this world and the sinful desires of the flesh. And of course, what the tempter doesn't tell them about such a life that is instead of turn toward God in, in worship and praise and love and obedience and humility, instead of being turned toward one another in love and service, being turned in on ourselves actually is death. Perhaps not a physical death, but as God promises Adam and Eve on the day that you eat that, you will die. It is a spiritual death. And it's not just 
about punishment. It is the, the, the sort of sowing and reaping world that God creates that we are reaping spiritual deadness, the crushing of the life that we were meant to live. This is what we were made to do. This is who we were made for. We were made for God to orient our lives toward Him. And, and, and so this is why, because we are in this, the state of sin, this world is under the curse of sin, uh, this is why the Lord's teaching is so counterintuitive, so countercultural. The world says, elevate yourself, publicize yourself, make yourself famous, get power over people. And this is, this is really what the, the disciples are arguing about, which one is the greatest. And, and Jesus knows their thoughts as he does ours. And he says, whoever is the least among you is the greatest. He explains that the greatest among us will be the servant of all. Whoever is willing to put himself second is the greatest. In verses 57 to 62 then, Jesus is he's calling these uh, potential followers and he's calling them to make themselves second, to make their comfort, their own comfort, their own pleasure, their own preferences, their own judgment even second to God himself. First, uh, the first man, um, Jesus knows, will, will follow him as long as it's easy, as long as it's comfortable, as long as it suits him, he will follow Jesus. And so Jesus tells him right away, listen, I don't even have a place to lay my head down. And it seems that the man's answer to this question, will you come after me, even if it means sacrifice, even if it's hard? Will you trust that I'm worth it? That a life in the kingdom of God is worth it. Will you follow me? It seems that the answer is no. Now, the second and the third man um, in, this, in this section, they want to do things that honestly seem perfectly reasonable to do, if, if you think about it. And that's why some people struggle with this, this passage, with these words of Jesus. Uh, one wants to bury his father. Now, there's some discussion about whether or not that means that uh, that this man's father was ill, he wasn't actually dead, but that he was, he was sick and that he needed caring for. He uh, was essentially terminal and the man wanted to, to go and, and um, care for his father until, until he did pass. Uh, second, the, the man, he, just, he wants to go back and say goodbye to his family before he goes to, to follow Jesus. The thing is though, um, so long as we trust our own judgment, trust our own um, direction, our own plan, our own wisdom above that of Jesus, we are always, always following ourselves and not really Jesus. When we tell Jesus, I will follow you, I'll do what you say, when I agree with it, when I think it's right, we're not really following him. We're taking advice from him. We are not making him Lord. We are not truly following him. We're following our own wisdom, our own instincts, our own judgment. Now, for some, following Jesus, following him, um, 
actually means Jesus sending uh, them home. You know, this is this is the thing. Um, these guys don't find out what Jesus would have actually told them in regard to their family, told them in regard to a father who might have been sick or who just passed away. They they don't know because they didn't they didn't actually make Jesus first. They didn't commit their lives to follow him. It's really interesting if you turn back. Uh, we just read this recently to chapter eight. In chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home, saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Isn't it interesting that that our reaction can be, oh, why wouldn't you let him just go say goodbye to his family? That's so mean, uh, Jesus, right? That might be our emotional response to this. But there's another man who is begging Jesus to go with him. And he says, no, you need to go back to your family, witness to your family. But these two guys who want to want to prioritize their judgment, make their judgment, their decision-making, their plan first, really aren't following Jesus. They didn't give Jesus a chance to lead them in the best way. And so friends, um, the calling for us is to make ourselves second, make ourselves a servant. Jesus says that that is true greatness, and we know that it is. And not only to make ourselves second in, in terms of uh, serving others, but, but most of all, to make ourselves second to Jesus Christ, to make Him primary, to say, Jesus, my life is in Your hands. Command me by Your Word, by the leading of Your Spirit. Command me. I will do what You say because I trust You, because You are my Savior and You are my Lord. And may it be so in His holy name. Amen. And friends, until we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that he would keep you.